911, what's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I'm joined with my friend. I'm just noticing you put Eddie instead of Ed Cunningham. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. So do you prefer Ed or Eddie? Uh, it doesn't matter. My mom always called me Eddie, but most okay. people call me Ed. Eddie it is. <laughs> for me then um okay so for those of you who are listening on the podcast you can't see this so i'm going to try my best to describe it but in back of eddie is the most gorgeous door that you will ever see and i had to ask him if this was if it was like a fake backdrop and he's like no like i have this thing for doors these are real doors behind me and it, it looks so antique and he had told me that it actually came from another country and he bought them for uh, really, really cheap considering the high quality that they are. So it just looks amazing to like, I'll try my best to stare at you and not that beautiful door in the background, Eddie. But um, if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit of your background. Oh, I've got such a weird background. Um, my mom once told me, she said, you know, your your life is one of those lives you just want to pull out a lawn chair and a margarita and watch. And uh, most of the stuff that I've done in my life that's happened to me wasn't in the original plan, but just kind of me going along with life. I, I think one of the best things you can do is have a goal that you want to work towards to work towards it, but always be willing to change that goal. Um, you know, I barely graduated high school. Uh, to be honest, I hated school. I love education. I just didn't like the way our school system kind of tries to put a square peg into a round hole. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to that. <clears throat> so I joined the military right out of high school, mostly to have something to do. Um, that was fun until Clinton took office. And then once Bill Clinton took office, it got really boring. Uh, he cut all of our funding and we really didn't get to do a lot. Um, I was a grunt. I was an 11 Bravo, so I was infantry. Um, got out, went to work on drill rigs in Idaho, um, making really good money for a young kid, but just a miserable life. My dream had always been music. That's since I was a little kid, what I always wanted to do. So ended up in Nashville, uh, as a singer and a songwriter, um, did well, had fun. You know, I was never anyone that was majorly huge, but I do have a few published songs and one that actually made it to an album. Uh, but it wasn't like a chart topping single or anything like that but i had a lot of fun uh it was something pretty devastating happened to our family when we were out in nashville and it was one of those choices do we stay in nashville where we have friends or move back to phoenix where we have family so we moved back here uh and that's where a buddy of mine was a firefighter and after i took about a year and a half off of work and just focused on my son uh his therapies and uh getting my family back on their feet and my buddy Chad was like, hey, come do a ride along. I think you'd be a good firefighter. And so I, I did. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was a good career. Um, I did it for 11 years. And uh, But I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. And I opened a, a firehouse subs here in Surprise, Arizona. And that has been fun. It's been about four years now. Um, but in the process of the, the restaurant and getting it up and running and and uh, building it, uh, we started doing some charity work locally. Uh, number one killer of firefighters is cancer. 
Uh, and I believe we're going to, with the research we've done for fire departments, we're going to start showing that police as well uh, receive very similar exposures uh, to what we do um, in the fire department. Uh, so I started building uh, decontamination kits for firefighters. Uh, I developed the system off of what the FBI dive team uses and the compound that they were using. Uh, this kit that will decontaminate our gear as soon as we exit a building um, and not only remove toxins, but it actually destroys the toxins as well, uh, which is something that we desperately needed because the, the majority of our exposures actually came from our own gear once we came out of the fire. Mm. Um, but one of the one of the interesting things, uh, the University of Arizona did a study that a lot of the fire service knows about where uh, they did a baseline blood analysis of everybody in the fire department. And then after every fire, they would also draw blood. The paramedics on scene would draw blood. They would take a urine sample, send it off to the U of, to U of A the next day. And uh, the university would do, would run the panels and see how high is the toxicity, how, toxicity, how high are the carcinogens in everybody that was there on scene. And one of the oddities that kept popping up was the engineer and the paramedics who were outside of the fire, who never went interior, actually had high of toxicity and carcinogens than the people that had gone interior on, on more than a few of the fires. And the reason being is we go interior, we're all suited up, we're breathing clean air, but the paramedics and the engineer who are sitting outside just has this, this toxic soup just coming down on them uh, as the smoke cools and the, the uh, toxins begin to, to drop. But who's out there right next to us on every fire scene? And that's our, our police officers. So um, after we developed the kit that we developed, we started donating it and it just kind of went viral. Uh, we had uh, rescue1.com, firehouse.com and a bunch of other uh, websites picked it up, ran with it. So and it was kind of, it was overwhelming. I couldn't keep up with it as just paying for it from my restaurant. So uh, we started an LLC and built first responder decon. And we five months ago launched our LEO line. So we now have tactical decon kits for police officers uh, as well as vehicle decon kits. And What's the difference going. between the two of those? Uh, it's just the application of the compound. The nice thing about our compound is that when it's atomized, uh, it's electronics friendly. Uh, hmm. It'll So we don't have to remove the MCTs. We don't have to remove the radios when we do a, a complete decon. And we can actually get all the way through the AC system. And why that's important is um, in Florida, they had an officer who had a fentanyl exposure in the van. They had left the fentanyl open and when he turned on the air conditioning, he began circulating through the, the van. He had uh, a reaction to it, an overdose, almost crashed, was able to luckily safely get the van off to the side. They paid some company to come out and decon it. And what most companies call decon is just a wipe down with watered down bleach, you know, or some have some special things. Our stuff, it not only can extract toxins up to six inches out of concrete, but it'll actually destroy them and encapsulates them and then breaks them down. Uh, it's been proven to destroy stuff as harsh as mustard gas. Uh, it destroys MRSA, C. diff, HIV, um, and COVID, uh, and a bunch of other um, really bacterial and, and, and viral infections. So. Uh, In case you stuff. guys missed that, I want to say that again. He just said that it extracts up to six inches down from cement. <laughs> like that just blows my mind. Good morning, everybody. 
And I, I have to ask this, Eddie, because this sure. this transition of like your resume, right? This evolution of you and how you are, who you are right now. And you're an entrepreneur, you own your, your own restaurant, but how did you even come up with this idea? Why was it important for you to start a decon service like this in the first place? Well, I kept watching friends die. Um, you know, I, part of my honor guard, uh, we would go up to Colorado Springs every year to the uh, IAFF Fallen Firefighter Memorial. And every year we watched the number of firefighter deaths grow. Um, but not only that, but we were getting to the point where more than 50% of the names that we were putting on the wall were cancer and cancer related. Hmm. And it was... It, a friend of mine, Dave Ranke, who was a Peoria firefighter here in Arizona, um, he was diagnosed in 2011 uh, with kidney cancer. And I just lost my mom to breast cancer. My dad was fighting prostate and uh, malignant melanoma. And then listening to Dave stand up there and talk at the, we have a training facility here we call Gripstick, um, talking about cancer in the fire service. It all just kind of hit home at the same time. And I started working on it in my department. Um, I started putting together a decon process, uh, but I hadn't developed the entire kit. And it was oddly enough, it wasn't until I had opened the restaurant that uh, I was able to start giving back. And I started looking outside of the norm for the industry. You know, we were talking about that it extracts uh, toxins and bacteria and stuff out of concrete. I found this product in the food industry. So it had been developed for the military use. The FBI's had it, the CIA, um, the DEA, they've had this for, for um, close to two decades, about 18 years. Um, and when it, was, when it was declassified, it was brought over by the company that had developed it and they went into the food industry. So mm -hmm. about 70 to 80% of our food processing plants in the United States now use this product to completely decontaminate um, their, their warehouses. And uh, it was... So I met with the FBI and talked with them about how they were using it, um, saw the different areas that they were using it. The dive team was the one that used it closest to what we did in the fire service. So I developed a new kind of kit around that. Hmm, that's incredible. Now I know that a lot of the times, yeah, great vision, Eddie, for sure. I know a lot of the times we're worried about uh, swapping out one bad for another bad. So can you talk to us about some of the safety measures with the, the type of ingredients and chemicals that are in the products that you use? Um, sure. Actually, so part one is uh, both a quat and a surfactant. Actually, it's multiple types of quats and surfactants. Um, and all of it is non-toxic and non-caustic to, to us. Um, I'm not saying you want to drink it because uh, it will kill all the bacteria in your gut and flush you out. <clears throat> uh, which is kind of funny because I we were, we were at a uh, the FDIC in Indianapolis and uh, we talked about this. And this big old boy who was a smoker and a chewer, we had a little shot glass of it mixed up so he could you know people could touch it and feel it on their skin and whatnot and he's like really i could just do this and he put he put it in his mouth and because of all the toxins from the tobacco and everything his mouth just started foaming as oh soon as my hit something yeah as soon as it interacts with something it starts to just foam up as it's you know doing the extraction and the ca encapsulating so quats are chemical extractors they're able to extract things out of fabric and whatnot which is important because we have found that stuff like arsenic and cyanide embeds down into the fibers of our gear mm -hmm. so most of the cleaners out there the number one ingredient in them is fragrance the second ingredient is usually a surfactant that actually removes surface stuff our stuff embeds down into our gear we need the quads so ours is a quad 
once the quat removes, it's the, surf, the surfactant side of it that actually does the encapsulating of, of the toxins. The part two, the best way to describe it is it is a, a type of peroxide-based emulsifier that can break down chemical chains and destroy DNA of bacteria and RNA of viruses. So once it's been extracted, encapsulated, it starts to basically oxidize it. Um, and then the part three to the compound is a, a diacetin. It's a food grade additive that increases the oxidation effects of the peroxide, hmm. which just yeah. makes it even more crazy. Because the military and the federal government only had the two parts, the part one and part two. When they brought it to the civilian side, the uh, scientists that invented it uh, added the diacetin to it, which just made the effects of it absolutely amazing. Yeah, and when we think about, uh, I'm sure that mo many, if not all of the main distributors, like you were saying, when it comes to food handling, um, they're all using this. But for you to shed light on the fact that, you know, being out there and as a first responder, the types of things that you're exposed to in those elements. And then, of course, you, what you're doing, what you're doing, it's not just about you or the first responder, because this trickles down to the families. We know that the first thing a lot of people try to do when they are a first responder is to remove all that gear, remove the shoes, remove everything before they even go inside. But the types of chemicals and the types of things that you're describing, these are things that will stay on you when you could be completely naked and you go to your spouse and kids and yep. give them a hello kiss. And it's still no different than having all that gear on in the first place. So Absolutely. I think that that's incredible because it's not just about the first responder. You're taking this into a much wider sphere of influence, which I think is pretty amazing. Well, you know, I, I did a I did a post um, on our on our uh, Instagram and Facebook page uh, about four months ago. And it was this this really cute picture of this brand new baby. Uh, I don't know, it couldn't have been more than a couple of weeks old that a firefighter had they brought to the station and he stuck him in the pocket of his bunker gear. And on the surface, you're like, oh, you know, it's such a cute picture. And I'm cringing because there's like black smears, you know, down the pocket. And these the cleaners that are typically, so I had to think outside the box. That was the problem. So we've used the same cleaning products over and over and over and over and over and over again. And they smell great. They smell like oranges, but they smell like orange smoke when they come back. Uh, and it's these citrus-based products that we are using are nice surfactants that were meant to be used for the auto industry that somehow got brought over to our industry, but no one ever questioned it because we were all just using it. But if the products worked the way they were supposed to work, why are we still dying in record numbers? And why after coming back from the cleaners, are they still finding toxins on our gear? So that's why I went outside of the industry, but you, you see pictures like that of these babies being put into bunker gears or the, the helmets they're holding their, their dirty, nasty helmets, but their, their babies in it. Um, and then on the officer side, on the LEO side, um, most of our officers, unfortunately have to take their gear home to be cleaned. Um, that's why it was important to us in the fire service. We treat on scene. We immediately start deconning our clothing. It's applied soft bristle brush. All it needs is cold water to extract the compound from the gear uh, along with the toxins. Uh, same thing with, with our police officers. So our stuff will actually destroy fentanyl in less than, in uh, less than two minutes. So basically mm -hmm. around the 92nd mark, it'll destroy fentanyl and car fentanyl. Um, that's huge. So when our officers have these exposures, they can apply this stuff to their gear. It gets bagged up, gets zip tied up. Uh, and our compound can also be used as a laundry detergent. So when these officers come home and the nice thing is, is every time you use this in a washing machine, it decontaminates your washing machine. Did a funny story about that. Uh, my washing machine, uh, sat in storage for about four or five years. Um, and when I finally bought my home, 
I moved my washing machine in and it was rank. I mean, it was just nasty. So I took this compound, I sprayed it all around the edges, uh, all around the drum. I let it sit overnight. I did a cold water rinse. And most people, when they leave their clothes in their washing machine, uh, after doing a load, it takes, you know, I've heard everything from overnight to just a few hours before it starts to smell like mildew. And that's because that bacteria concentration is so high around the drum that as soon as it has a clean, uh, wet environment to move over to, the clothes, it moves over into the clothes mm -hmm. and starts multiplying. Um, I, after I treated my washing machine, um, I did a load and I went out of town. I was speaking at a conference, totally forgot about the load and I was gone for four days. I came home and it still did not smell like mildew. Wow. The concentration was so low that it didn't need to move over into the clothes, if that makes sense. And that's, that's why it's extremely important that we pay attention to the way these products are marketed to us because it's real showy. They buy us a lot of fancy stuff. Our research and development people in our departments get steak dinners from these companies. Um, but that's not what we need to be uh, using to make our decisions. Uh, you have to look at the kill claims. You have to look at how far, how much these compounds actually destroy um, and, and take away. But we do have the laundry detergent side now for uh, fire and police both. No, that, that's definitely good. We'll definitely drop the links for that down below. Um, I know I told you I try to keep these around 20 minutes, but there's a sure. question that is like burning in my mind. So you can take your time answering it however you'd like okay. to. And okay. I, I know that it's, it's so amazing, your career, you're a veteran, you know, owning a firehouse subs, that must be incredible to be able to expose to so many different people. <laughs> And your, your little bear belly there is <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and, you know, you had this evolution of being a first responder and you, you have this mission to want to do good and to do better than we've ever done before because people are dying and you're, you're wanting to protect your own. But I'm just wondering what struggles have you faced along this journey and how did you overcome them? Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> I've had two main obstacles that have gotten in the way of these products going out into the hands that need them. Uh, one are the major industries that are making hundreds of millions of dollars off of their cheap products being sold to our first responders. Uh, they are very much entrenched. Um, they're part of the, uh, the organizations that are supposed to create these standards. Uh, they own the companies that clean our gear and they own the actual detergent themselves. Uh, and these guys are entrenched and they have spent millions of dollars trying to keep us out. Um, that is a whole podcast we can we can talk about. I've stood up um, at our state senate level and spoke on the need for legislation um, to combat these these entrenched good old boy network. Uh, the other part, and I'm just going to be honest, is ego, ego and pride. I've run into people going, "Well, this isn't my idea, so I'm not going to accept it." Um, and the ego and pride that we have, where if something is new and different. We struggle, and this is both fire and police side, and we're all we're all guilty of it. We struggle to change from the norm, unless something major happens that forces us to. Okay, we need to take a look at this. Uh, we just don't do it, um, and even with you know fifty percent of the the fire deaths every year being uh, cancer related, we still it, we talk about it. But then we keep using the same old cleaning products. You know, we talk about, oh, well, we're just going to use it a different way now. We're going to use it on scene, and but it's the same cleaning products. Um, so it's 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 been both of those. It's been the entrenched companies that have been making money off of us and us dying for years, and the uh, ego of us not wanting to change and accept things that are different. It's interesting because 
the guys that are have been on for you know 15 20 years that have friends that have died of cancer they actually fight the change more than these 20 year olds 22 year olds who are just getting on the job they're more forward thinking than some of us that have been on um, almost too long if that makes sense human conditioning um, what a struggle right yeah yeah we just we, we want to stay in our safe zone and, and we just want to keep doing what we've always done and we just can't keep doing that anymore Ego and pride is the destruction of many. Absolutely. Ego and pride are the biggest roadblocks that we all face. You're so right with that. And yes, I, I think that it's um it's humble to to kind of admit what you just did, but I think it exists in all of us to some degree if we're willing to admit it for ourselves. True. And um I think what you're doing is amazing. And I'm just wondering, is there any kind of assisted funding to where agencies are getting your products or how, how is that working on the actual home front of things? Um, it, it, it depends. There's always the firehouse subs grants that you can apply for. Um, every police and fire agency in the United States, actually, with, and it's one of the reasons why I opened the firehouse subs is because we have the public safety foundation uh, where we ask our customers if they'll round up to the next dollar. Um, that money goes to fund grants for fire and police departments all across the, uh, the United States and North America. Uh, every police department, every fire department, even military organizations are welcome to apply for it. You just go to firehousesubs.com. Uh, I think it's like forward slash uh, grants or forward slash public safety. But if you just go on the website, you can see the public safety um, and put in for it. Those can help um, really put together local here locally in surprise. It was a bunch of business owners that got together and purchased these kits for um, for the departments around here. Uh, I don't have any of that assistance yet coming from my company, but as we grow and expand, um, we're about 10% of, of what we bring in uh, goes right back into helping, especially some of these like volunteer departments and smaller departments that just don't have the budget, but still need it. Um, but that's, that's all I know of. I know there's plenty of grants out there. Oh, um, our product under um, the COVID is actually federal reimbursed as well so we've hmm. been able to help police departments that have purchased our kits get federal reimbursement for it completely 100 reimbursement great that's good news so you can go to firstrespondercon.com and of course you can purchase this on your own and this is good morning this is definitely something that i recommend and if not for anything else as you listen to this it's certainly something to to start thinking about because um you know 2020 has definitely been hindsight right we can open our eyes to a lot of new things that we've never thought of before and i, I love what you're doing i love that you're literally trying to continue to save lives um as a first responder at heart. And I thank you for your service as a veteran. And I am so sorry that I had you wake up this early in the morning. You're in Arizona. I'm not too far from you in Southern California. So I, I definitely do appreciate that too. And it's just so nice to, to meet you and to see what you're doing. And I thank you truly. Anytime, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye you guys.